Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey guys, welcome back to What We Said Podcast. I am JC. I am the redhead half of the podcast. <laughs> JC looks like Paco from is his name Pacha or Paca? I thought it was Paco. <laughs> she looks like P- Paca or Pacha from Emperor's New Groove right now. She has a, a green blanket wrapped around her and her headphones. Just look up a picture of Pacha from Emperor's New Groove. I'm freezing. Anyways, has nothing to do with this podcast at all, but introduce yourself. I'm Chelsea. I'm the brunette half of this podcast. Welcome, guys. We've got a great episode in store today. But first, we wanted to give you a little life update. So I am currently in Arizona at the moment. And yesterday, Chelsea and I dyed my hair pink. Mm-hmm. Um, you're supposed to do this in the shower. I was I used the Kristen S. rose gold temporary tint that you just get at Target. And it's just a temporary, like, comes out in a few washes. You're supposed to do it in the shower, but we wanted to vlog it and all that good stuff. So I just put my head over the bathtub. Chelsea helped me dye my hair pink, and she missed a few spots, but it <laughs> I, looked pretty good. The only spot I missed was your front, like, The most bangs. important piece. Yeah, sorry. No, it was still fun. So I did that. I actually went from blonde to pink to, like, strawberry blonde mm-hmm. all within 24 hours. So it's been yeah. – it's been a wild ride. Seriously, do you feel like your hair is super clean? Because you basically washed it like three times. Yeah, it actually – it felt really clean and then I put a bunch of product in it to make it like, you know, texturized mm-hmm. and stuff. So now it feels kind of gross. But JC also curled my hair yesterday for the first time I actually liked my hair curled. I never do anything to my hair. Woohoo! It looked good. So follow her YouTube tutorial on curling hair. I tried to and I couldn't do it. Awesome. Great. <laughs> no, it's I think it just takes practice to get your hand to do it the right yeah. way. Yeah. I'm surprised I could even do it on you, honestly. Yeah. Because I didn't know. It was never super cute. She has a very good way. I think there was just key points that I was missing. Today we're talking about motivation, discipline, stuff like that. All the fun stuff. So I think this is a question we get a lot is how to stay motivated mm-hmm. and how to get things done. Obviously, we're not pros at this, but JC is a motivated person by nature, I feel. Is that correct? Um, yeah, in certain areas of my life, I think so. But in others, quite the contrary, <laughs> unfortunately. Yeah, I think, and I'll get into this later, but it's hard for me to get super motivated about things and get things done. Like I'm not, 
I'm, I would say I'm a go-getter in, in the way of I have big dreams, but I'm not a big doer. Because I think for a lot of my life, I let fear and like I cared so much about what people thought about me that I, if I wasn't going to be the absolute best, I'd never tried. So if I, I never would want to be like mediocre. So it held me back from doing a lot of things. But I will say, I, I feel in the last couple of years, I have gotten much better and much more motivated and willing to put myself out there more. Where I've always been kind of disciplined in certain areas. Like I love rules, but yeah. Anyways, so we asked our audience, if you guys follow us on Instagram, it's at what we said podcast and you get to be a big part of our podcast. If you follow along with us, we ask a lot of questions, take polls, basically for every episode now. Yeah. We love having your guys' input. It makes it a lot more interactive and mm-hmm. interesting. And we can actually give you what you want. So we took a poll. We asked if you guys thought you were motivated people by nature. Or no, no, no. We just said, are you motivated? We, would you consider yourself a motivated person? And what were the results, Jace? There were about 70% of you said that you are motivated people and 30% said no. Actually kind of surprised me that that same. many people f- think yes. Yeah, same. What would you answer? I would answer yes. Okay. But here's the thing. I think that it's easier to be motivated when you ha- you see success. Or yeah, when, that's true. Yeah, or when things are going your way. And mm-hmm. when it's really hard to be motivated is when it's not going your way and you're not yeah. seeing any results. That's true. And someone actually said that when we asked – because we asked the question, in what areas of your life do you lack motivation? And – one of the answers for that was I give up easily when I don't see growth quickly. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you say, oh, you're a motivated person by nature, I do think I am a bit of a go-getter by nature. I always have loved to put myself out there and dream big and things like that. But also, and we talked about this in a previous episode, I think I was lucky enough to see some success and that gave me a lot of confidence. Yeah. And, you know, I'd venture to say that if I didn't see that success at all, I don't know if I would be as motivated as I am because I was just able to see those results and it was so – and that's something that's addicting and it's exciting. And so you're able to be a lot more motivated when you're, you know, seeing the fruits of your labor. So It is true. Anyway. Well, I I think a little tip with that, and we'll get into more tips later, but is to have little successes throughout the day because it is true that if you're failing at things, you're not going to keep trying because it's like, why would I – I'm going nowhere. But if you have this little boost of confidence and this little boost of feel-good chemical in your brain that goes off when you have a reward, then you're way more likely to try again. Because I even felt that. I've felt that in my life too where if if people aren't – or if I'm not succeeding at something and it's not going exactly how I thought, I'm like, eh. Yeah, maybe it's time to give up. Yeah, maybe it's time to give up, literally. And then things that I do see success – and kind of quickly, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm just going to get it. Like, yeah. Yeah. So, so when that. you say see successes throughout the day, you mean just being more aware and like trying to notice the positives of your day? Or what yeah, do you mean? Yeah, I guess that. And also, I think even just morning routines, I think, are extremely important. And I think for that reason, because you get right into facing challenges like that. We listen to a podcast, we both listen to it. Well, the podcast itself is called The Good Life with Stevie and Cezanne. And the episode, the specific episode we l- both listened to is called The Power of Patterns. 
Yeah, I think that getting stuff done right in the morning, facing a challenge first thing in the morning and then conquering it, you feel way better. Very empowering. Yeah, exactly. You feel way more empowered. So we kind of wanted to talk about this because, well, I think it's kind of been something on our brain, especially with the podcast because we talk about it a lot, obviously, together. And I think it is good that there's two of us because if one of us is feeling super motivated, we kind of lift the other person up and then the other one is feeling like, I have all these ideas, then it lifts the other person up. Totally. So I wrote a blog post probably a month ago on my blog. If you want to read it, you can go to chelseajade.com and then go to my blog section. And it's called Motivation Versus Passion. Because I've actually been thinking about this a lot because I told JC, I don't think by nature I'm just a motivated person. I don't, like I said, if I'm not going to be the best at it, it's kind of people who have perfectionist tendencies. Tendencies. Yeah. They seem to not be go-getters. They're big dreamers and they have all these ideas in their head, but they don't ever do anything about it. And that's how I was a lot of my life. Or I try something super fast. So in my blog post, I talk about all these things. Like at first when I went to college, I wanted to be a pharmacist. I took chemistry and like I was super into it and then was like, no, this is not my passion in life. Was searching for my passion And then I wanted to, then I took communications. That was my major. I wanted to be in PR. Then I wanted to be a musician. And then I wanted to be a fitness person. And then I wanted to be all these things, like a singer, nutrition, like just all of these different little things. And none of them really stuck necessarily. And I didn't, it's not that they were even successful or not. It was the things that stuck and versus the ones that were short-lived. The difference was, not the amount of motivation I had going into it. it with all of those things, I was equally as stoked to get started. Because everyone has the initial like, I'm going to do this. So I'm going to start doing this. I'm going to be a yoga person. Or like, I'm going to start drinking celery juice every morning. I'm going to be a juice person or whatever it may be. But what was the difference was the amount of discipline I put. Like the things that did stick, like my health stuff that I've been doing for forever um, this podcast, it's the amount of discipline you put into it and not the amount of motivation or quote unquote passion. Because you're not you're not going to be motivated 100% of the time, no matter how passionate you are about something. No. I mean, I would say we're both extremely passionate about this podcast mm-hmm. and that's why it works and that's why it's still going and it will continue to go. But that's Til because <laughs> till the day we die. <laughs> but that's because of our discipline. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily because we wake up every day super motivated about it. There are times when we're, you know, not feeling super stoked to record an episode and whatever, but we have decided that, you know, we've made that choice that yeah. we're doing this. And like you said, it's nice that we have each other because we can kind of lean on each other when one's yeah. feeling down or whatever. But yeah hands down is the fact that we made that choice and we've stuck to it and we're disciplined. Yeah. It's like a commitment to be, to make it a habit. And I think discipline is important for making habits too, because that is what, when you see people, even the most successful people or these weightlifters in the gym that are just jacked, crazy, those people don't, probably don't get up every single morning. They go to the gym at 5 a.m. and they don't, they're not stoked to go to the gym at 5 a.m. They're not like, I can't wait to go to the gym. I'm so motivated every single day. I highly doubt it. I've never met anybody in my life. Like I even talk about the example of like Quentin Tarantino. Do you know who that is? He's a 
director. He writes like amazing films. He's written um, Pulp Fiction, Glorious Bastards, like some really great movies. Like I venture to say some of the best movies ever. But he takes like 10 years to write his script. For Inglorious Bastards, it took him 10 years to write it. And I was saying, I highly doubt he woke up every single morning stoked to finish the script or stoked. I mean, I don't know him personally, but obviously. But it's the habit. It's like the muscle memory he had that he got up every morning. He pushed through days where he had writer's block or whatever, whatever craft it may be. You have to make it like muscle memory. And that's your motivation. So that's the end of our podcast. (laughs) Mic drop. (laughs) No, I agree 100%. I read a quote on Elite Daily that says, it's kind of a silly quote, but it says, talent without discipline is like an octopus on roller skates. There's plenty of movement, but you never know if it's going to be forward, backwards, or sideways. Ooh. And at first when I read that, I'm like, it's kind of dumb. (laughs) But then I was thinking, I feel like this is me in a nutshell. Like, I feel like there are things that I've been talented in, but I just don't have the discipline behind it. And so therefore I am just going in every direction, not moving. And I think a lot of people can relate Mm -hmm. going in lots of different directions, but not necessarily forward because, you know, it's like that other quote that hard work beats talent if talent doesn't work hard. Yeah. I feel like that's a similar thing where it doesn't really matter how much talent you have if you don't have discipline you won't see results oh, yeah, or success. For sure. So I just wanted to share that. I see a lot of that in sports too where I see some – I don't know. I didn't play like collegiate sports by any means. But even in high school sports or professional sports or even the Olympics, like you'll always notice there's the one person who's just extremely freakishly talented. And then the number two or they go back number one and number two – is someone who's just an average person, doesn't look super athletic, but is the hardest, most disciplined or hardest working, most disciplined person you'll ever meet. That's so true. And it's like they're at the same level, but maybe when that talented person does work hard, like someone who is crazy disciplined, then they're way far above the rest. So what we wanted to talk about too, and one of the things that has helped me in the last couple of years kind of become a more motivated and disciplined person and do things where I might not be the best at them, but I'm just putting myself out there and working towards something is Mel Robbins' book, The Five-Second Rule. And I read it probably two and a half years ago. And I venture to say it changed my life because it has these, basically the the main point of the book is you have a five-second rule where you count down backwards from five before you do anything because Your intuition will tell you things that you need to do. You know what you should do. You know you should wake up and exercise or you know you should drink this amount of water or you know you should go up and ask your boss for a raise, but you just don't do them because you're scared. And that's basically all it is, is just fear. And your mind is trained to reject those thoughts to keep you safe because it's like, oh, it's, we're, we're scared. So let's not do that because it's like instinctual. So she says, if you count down from five in your head, the act of counting, like five, four, three, two, one, it distracts your mind and it awakens something in your uh, prefrontal cortex. Like it literally shifts your mindset and you just move. So she's saying in the morning, this started with her waking up in the morning and not pushing her snooze button. Like she would wake up to her alarm. 
And instead of pushing the snooze button and staying in bed for another 30 minutes, she would wake up to her alarm and count down 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, and then just shoot up and get up. That is something I need to do tomorrow. Yeah. I actually thought of it this morning, but I didn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> You're like 5, 4, uh. Like 5, 4, 3, 2, mm, I'm tired. What it helped me with a lot is exercise because – after you're halfway done with a set, and if you don't have a personal trainer, this is especially when I was working out by myself. I'm like, I have two more reps. Like, are you freaking kidding me? Two more reps. I'd be like, yeah, or just even whatever. If yeah. I have like five more of whatever it is, and I'm at the last end of my workout, and I just don't think I have it in me to do a couple more, whatever it is. And I'm just like, oh gosh, I think like five, four, three, two, one, and then just move, and I get it done. And it's like, oh, because like, oh, I can't can do it actually. Yeah, it's like you're. Oh, no, my sister said this to me. Your body doesn't know pain. It doesn't know failure. Like, it will keep going. It's your mind that tells you to stop. Like, your body will do what you tell it to. It's not the one that's like, no, don't do this. So by doing this, you're kind of tricking your brain. And she talks about people have literally stopped themselves from killing themselves by using this because they like… Mel Robbins. Yeah, Mel Robbins, who's the author of the book. We listened to a talk. um, It was on impact theory. And it's probably a 40-minute talk if you – well, we can link it in the description. Yeah. Um, if you guys want to listen to it, it's really phenomenal. And I highly, highly suggest reading her book. It's super good. And it's basically all about the five-second rule and how it can help examples people have used in, like, the craziest ways to start a business or to get a promotion or whatever. Because you really do – even you were saying last night, you really do know what you should do. Why is it so hard to just do it? Yeah. And it's like the trick to doing that is to just do it. Like there's really Literally no other – there's no hack besides just doing it. So just do it like Nike told you to. Very, very true. Her mantra basically is motivation is crap. Like it's it's not real. Like we were saying, it's it's all discipline. It's a trap. It's fake news. It's an illusion that we have. We make it up to be, oh, if we're not motivated, we shouldn't do it. Because even I was saying with the things that I did in my life, I was like, that's, I guess that's not my passion. Like, I guess I'm just not passionate about music enough. Or I guess I'm just not passionate about pharmaceuticals. But it really isn't that. It was that I didn't have enough discipline to push through. And it's a, And I think going off on that in a different direction is your passion – it's not this niche little thing like my passion is coloring with this specific, I don't know, art thing, <laughs> art supply. Art. You know what I mean? <laughs> like pastels. With this art thing. I don't know. You know what I'm talking yeah. about? Like it's not some specific thing like this is my passion. Even for you, it's not like shooting on a Canon 60 is my passion. <laughs> you know, it's just like photography. But it comes down to like your passion is creating. Right. And like connecting with people through art and like. I think I had to realize like my true passion was not all these little things I was doing, but my passion was like to help people and to connect with people on a deeper level and to like just reach out to people. Like that was my passion. And so I had had to start from the base, like build back up, not start with the little things like, uh, what am I passionate about? Acoustic guitar? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, anyways, I think it's freeing to think that motivation is crap. Yeah, because then it's not – it doesn't restrict you as much. Like, oh, I just don't have the motivation. Dang. Mm-hmm. It's like that's not even – that's not – newsflash, that's not an excuse. Yeah, it's not. You just literally like when, have to do it. And people say, I just, I just have no motivation to go to the gym. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, that might be true. You might not have a desire, but the bottom line is that you don't at the moment have the discipline to do it. Yeah. That's the harsh truth. Yeah. Is that you're not disciplined enough. Yeah. You're driving home from work. I've been here. You're driving home from work. It's five o'clock. You have your gym stuff in your backseat and you're like, okay, I'm going to the gym right now. And you get kind of close to the gym. You're like, oh, I could take a left and go home. You're like, I'm just kind of tired today. I'll just go tomorrow. You go home. And then two weeks later, you're like, oh, I forgot I had gym membership. Like, it just happens like that. And uh, it even, I don't know if it was the podcast or the talk that said this, but it's not the little, or it's not just one day you wake up and decide to ruin your life. It's all these little things that you neglect or that you decide not to do that ruin your life. Yeah, no one thinks, oh, I want to ruin my life or I want to make, I want to make steps to impact my life negatively. Yeah. Like you don't want that, but you just neglect certain aspects and then you, 10 years from then, you look back and you're like, hmm. Yeah. No one says, I want to be unhealthy. Like I want to have bad habits. No one says that. It's just like the little things that you do every single day build up to that. And it's like little things make great things and those great things can be greatly terrible or great and magnificent and change your life for the better. Yeah. I remember Dave Swanson. I don't actually think he said this on our podcast. I think he said it just when we were talking, but he was saying sometimes he'll ask people like, so what's your routine? Like what's your morning routine? What's your daily routine? And they're like, oh, like I don't know. I don't really have just one. wake up. Wake whenever. up. And he's like, okay, like this is your life though. Mm-hmm. Like your life is, I mean, everyone's different and everyone's priorities are different, but you can't let your whole life pass you by. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then you re- look back and realize that you weren't taking the steps to creating the life that you wanted to live. Yeah. Anyway. No, I really like that. I do remember him saying that. So when we asked what keeps you guys motivated, you delivered some answers. Um, and I wanted to share a few and give my thoughts. So someone said that they think of the future and they think if I do this right now, then I'll thank myself in the future. And they, I think the same person said, nothing changes if nothing changes, which is something I have to remind myself of often, Yeah, which is that quote that we've shared before. Multiple times. Multiple times, which is very true. Nothing changes if nothing changes. That is something that I wanted to share again because it's something that I actually think of probably a few times a week. Yeah. You know, when I'm considering not doing something that I know is good for me, I just keep thinking, okay, wait, nothing changes if nothing changes. Like I can't, I have to make do new something steps and different. do something different or else my life will always be the same. Yeah. So that's something that I like to remind myself of very often. I also wanted to talk about the fact that a lot of people said to the question, what keeps you motivated? My husband, my friends. And I wanted to give my thoughts on this and say that I think it's amazing to surround yourself with people who are, are inspiring and who motivate you and who lift you up, especially if you're yeah. having an off day or you're stuck in a rut. It's so awesome to have a good friend or a spouse that you can rely on to pick you back up. But – I wanted to say that it's very important to find reasons to motivate yourself and to be able to be motivated on your own without the help of anyone because you will find so much power when you learn to do things for yourself and not for anyone else and you don't have to rely on anyone to tell you to do it. And I just think it's really empowering and it's something that I'm learning because I do think that I've 
gotten pretty reliant on Leif because we work together, we're together all the time. And so it's really easy for me to rely on him for anything. You know, Mm -hmm. if I'm having a bad day, like, oh, he can make me happy. He can fix it. Like, if I don't want to work out, he can motivate me to work out. And like I said, it's awesome to have that person that you can rely on. But at the same time, I've been recently trying to work on motivating myself for myself, doing things for myself. Because the thing is, not to sound like morbid, but it's like if something happens to life, what? Then all my motivation's gone. Yeah. You are your own person and you have to take care of yourself and have that motivation on your own. Yeah. So, no, for sure. I think it's way healthier for a relationship too to like be equally independent and then be happy independently and then to come together, you can share that happiness more. Because I, we even had this discussion the other day that I, for a long time, Nick, my husband, if, I mean, if you've listened to a couple of our episodes, you know, he's a very independent person. He's very introverted, likes his alone time, just is kind of off in his own world. And he warned me of that before we got married. Like, I I need a lot of alone time. Like, I need to just kind of – I'm very independent. And, like, I love hanging out with you. And if I'm going to hang out with people, I'm obviously going to be with you. But just know that I'm very introverted and I need that time and I need to do my own thing. And I thought, yeah, that's fine. I'm independent too. But I didn't realize I was not independent when I got married. I was not independent in the way of, like, my happiness dependent on him during the day. Like everything was dependent on him, like how how his day was or like what was happening in his life and blah, blah, blah. And it kind of still is obviously connected in that way. But it's way more empowering and fulfilling for me to have a day where I do my own work and I have my own careers and I have my own thing that I'm doing. And then at the end of the day, we can come together, talk about our little endeavors and our businesses and our whatever, and then have that happiness together because then the happiness is like tenfold. Whereas before it was like he had a happy day and then I'm kind of like unfulfilled because I'm just banking on everything about him where it's like, okay, your job and your life and your yeah. blah, blah, blah. And if everything's going great for you, then it's it's good for me. Yeah. But if not, then I'm a wreck too. Yeah, it's like exactly. And it's like, okay, I'm sad. And if you don't come home and make me feel happy, then I'm sad still. Yeah. It's like, no, I need to find ways to make myself happy without you. And it's great that you do come home and make me feel happy, but it's way better if you can come home and we're both just happy. Totally. And it's like, obviously there are times in life when you have to lean on each other. I'm not saying that at all. And obviously your lives are connected, but it is way better to have your own happiness and have his, and then you can come together and voila. Agreed. So my answers helps me stay motivated. I love, love, love listening to podcasts, uplifting Mm -hmm. podcasts. Podcasts have been life-changing for me. And that's why we wanted to start this podcast actually is because we both listen to podcasts constantly and just they inspire us so much. I, I think I listen to a podcast every single day. Yeah. Maybe I go a few days here and there, but for the most part, I listen to them daily and it's such a good way to start my day, I think. Mm -hmm. And I've kind of been on a little podcast journey and sometimes I still do listen to true crime or like funny stories or whatever, but really what gets me, gets me going, that's what I was going to say, is the uplifting, inspiring ones. So a few of my favorites are How I Built This. I love that from a business perspective because 
I feel like sometimes I get down on myself and when I hear those stories and you hear how many times those successful people have failed, yeah, it just gives me some hope. And I really think it can give anyone hope no matter what stage you're in that everyone goes through failures and it's going to be okay. Yeah. So I love that for business stuff. I also – I love The Good Life with Stevie and Cezanne. That's what podcast we referred to earlier with The Power of Patterns. They have some really good guests on and they're always just very uplifting and they're also Christian and so they share some um, stuff about their faith, which I like. And then The Skinny Confidential we've talked about before. I think they do an amazing job at bringing value Mm -hmm. and all of their guests are just so knowledgeable, incredible, and informative. And specific. And specific, yeah. I love that. They dive like deep into topics and – not just like surface level crap. Yeah. So I really like their podcast as well. So I wanted to give those three as some recommendations. And I have a few more and I'm kind of starting to explore more and listen more. So I'll definitely like keep you guys updated on new ones that I find. But I love listening to podcasts. I think that is an amazing way. Sometimes that has literally flipped my day from yeah bad to great. So I would highly recommend listening to an inspiring podcast if you can. So, JC, as you know, I recently posted on my Instagram story about how the week before my period starts, on the exact day I get in a fight with my husband (laughs) and I have the worst PMS the week before my period and the amount of messages I got from girls talking about their PMS symptoms was out of this world. It's kind of crazy that it's on the same day. That kind of freaks me out. I know. Same. So basically, periods are rough. So we wanted to tell you about something that makes it just a little bit brighter. We want to tell you about Lola. You guys, this company is very awesome. It was founded by two women, and they started it because they wanted to create a feminine care product that was all natural and that women could feel good about. And this is something that I have admittedly not really given that much thought to, which is kind of crazy, but If we care so much about the ingredients in the food we eat and in our beauty products that we use, then why shouldn't the same be for our feminine products? True. Why don't we care more? Exactly. Major brands usually use a mix of synthetic ingredients in their products, including rayon and polyester. Their feminine care products also may be treated with harsh chemicals, synthetics, or dyes. Yuck. But there are no mystery fibers, no BS in Lola products. They are 100% organic cotton with no added chemicals, fragrances, synthetics, or dyes. Doesn't that just music to your ears, ladies? Yes. Lola will make your life so much easier. I was just telling Chelsea how I cannot tell you how many times I have started my period and then looked under my sink and been like, cool, I have one tampon. Yeah. Got to make it to the store in the next five hours. Yeah. And it's just so obnoxious. So this is amazing because their subscription is fully customizable. So you can choose your mix of products. They offer organic tampons, pads, liners, and cleansing wipes. And since everybody's bodies are different, you can tailor your subscription to perfectly fit whatever you need. So for example, you can build your box of 18 tampons or 12 pads, and they have a bunch of different options as far as absorbency goes. And then you can decide how many boxes you'd like delivered to your door and then select your shipment frequency. And you can cancel, skip an order, or modify your subscription anytime, which is awesome. 
also wanted to mention something very cool that they do, and that is that for every purchase, Lola donates feminine care products to homeless shelters across the U.S. When Chelsea and I were reading about this company, we were like, this is the best company. Mm -hmm. This is so, so good. We love a charitable brand. Yes, we stan. And I actually just got my box today, and it came in a nice little discreet box on my doorstep, and it literally came in the nick of time. I was there. Mm -hmm. I witnessed. (laughs) If you guys want to try out Lola as well, you can get 40% off all subscriptions. Just visit mylola.com and enter what we said when you subscribe. That's what we said. Another thing that helps keep me on track is having a routine. This is something that we've been working working on, both Chelsea and I separately. But we did want to talk about morning routines a little, so I'll let you talk about that. Okay, so at the beginning of the year, I wanted to – nail down my morning routine. I've never had a specific morning routine. I've always been a morning person and I'm pretty good about waking up early and getting going. I never just really lay in bed unless it's vacation or something. But I wanted to have something that I do that it's just muscle memory. Like I get up and do specific things and then I get everything done in the morning that I want to and I can be ready to go by like 9am. I'm just ready for the day and have everything accomplished that I can feel good about, like health-wise, not literally business stuff accomplished by 9 a.m. But so I think morning routines, I talk about this with my clients a lot for for health coaching is having a morning routine is just crucial, literally crucial to your health, to your business, to your life, to your relationships, to every little part of your life. And some people wrote in that they lack motivation in keeping their house clean. I... We'll go out on a limb and say uh, that having a morning routine will help with that too. So, okay. Anyway, so I'll tell you what my, what my morning routine is and then I'll kind of go into why it motivates me in certain ways. But so I wake up and and I'm still in the in the part of it where it's still hard for me. Like I'm not like, okay, wake up, do it. And it's not muscle memory for me yet. I'm still like, okay. I <laughs> Yesterday, my alarm went off and I was supposed to get up early. Me and JC were going to like record a couple podcasts and – just do a bunch of stuff. And so I wanted to wake up early and get my stuff done so I can get over here. And I vaguely remember my husband like rolling over me and, and pushing my alarm button or something. And then I, I just wake up with no alarm. And that's the freakiest feeling when you have to wake up to an alarm and you just wake up and it's like bright outside. Yeah. Like, no What time time is it? <laughs> and so I woke up and I'm like, crap. I look at my phone and it's eight and I'm like, freaking I I my alarm was set for 6 45 I'm like Nick did you turn off my alarm he's like yeah sorry it was just so loud I'm like okay so it went off for literally a second he reached over and pushed snooze or pushed stop actually because it didn't go off again I'm like you literally can't do that anyway <laughs> you're so ruining my morning and my day <laughs> yeah. yeah I was like it was just an instinct like he was half asleep like just turn this off I'm like I set an alarm for a reason but it's fine Anyways, so I wake up at 6.45, sometimes 7 if I go to bed later. But wake up, and this is sounds cheesy, but I roll over and give my husband a kiss. Even some days when I'm not, like, waking up, like, snow white and just, like, <laughs> like on the forehead. And I'm just, like, a monster, even if it's, like, not a romantic kiss. It's just, like, it really does change my day, though, and how I treat him in the morning. Because he's kind of a gremlin in the morning. So it's like if I come come out with love, if I just come out of the gate with some love, then he's more likely to be sweet and I'm more likely to be sweet. 
And if he's awake, like I say, I make sure and I say good morning as soon as he wakes up with a smile. This sounds so cheesy, but it really, I, I promise if you try this for a couple days with your spouse or with whoever you wake up with, just try it. Even if you go out and you see your roommates and the first thing you do is smile and say good morning. First thing you do is kiss them on the forehead. <laughs> <laughs> to your roommate in college. Yeah. Like, excuse me, get out of my room. Like, good morning. <laughs> All right, on the forehead. <laughs> um, okay, after I do that, I roll out of bed and I'm still just a zombie. I say my prayers and I usually like pray gratitude prayers in the morning and like ask for opportunities to feel more grateful and opportunities to like be able to serve people. Why are you laughing? This is so cheesy. No. Oh. I was just going to make a dumb joke. Oh. What were you going to say? Just something like, and I asked for opportunities too and I was just like, <laughs> make more money. <laughs> I asked for opportunities to make millions and to be more famous. <laughs> so I wake up, say my prayers, try and like say uh, – Prayers of gratitude mostly so that I wake up with this great attitude. Then I grab my little journal and I do what, what's called morning pages, which you just basically write down. It can be different for everyone. I learned about this in school and you're basically supposed to write about three pages. I don't. I write a, like one big page and it can be anything that comes into your mind. So this isn't when you're in your subconscious, almost just like a robotic stage state of mind you're in that state yeah because you're right when you just wake up like you're kind of in a subconscious state of mind so what you're writing is just honest and it's just coming out of nowhere it cannot it doesn't have to make sense it doesn't have to be anything like this is what i did yesterday we went to do this like mine is literally sometimes i'm so tired i'm literally so tired i can't wait to come home and take a nap like when i get back from whatever this was what I dreamt about. This is what I, whatever. I heard that if you write down, in that podcast he was saying, if you write down your dreams, it improves your memory. Yeah. So I try and write down and remember my dream. It usually has to do with me trying to find Sophie, which is a concerning <laughs> thing on its own. Like I, I'll be somewhere in the dreams about something totally different and then Sophie will show up and like knock, like paw the door. And I'm just like, dang it, how am I going to take care of Sophie? Sophie's my dog, by the way. Then after I do that, after I finish my morning pages, so I'm kind of more awake now, I'll go and I do like a 10-minute yoga stretch. And then after that, I try and do a meditation, but usually I don't do it every single day. I'm just to be honest. Like sometimes I'll listen to a five-minute guided meditation. Sometimes I just sit there and do breathing exercises. But I try and just keep my mind quiet for a little bit. And then after that, I go and get all my skincare stuff. I'm not going to go through what my skincare routine is. But I basically splash my face with cold water do all my things in there, face stuff, brush teeth, all that good stuff. Take my vitamins, my ritual vitamins. Not paid for that one. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I really do take them in the morning and then I drink water with it and then I take my dog on a walk and listen to a podcast. It's not usually, it's not all the time like some motivational podcast. Sometimes it's a true crime one or I'll listen to music. But... I've been doing this for about a month now. I will say my day, my days are completely different. I get so much done. I'm by 9 a.m., sometimes earlier, I'm just like awake. I'm bouncing off the walls. Basically, like I'll come in and Nick's still in bed and I'm just like this hyper crazy person. But I'm just like so ready to attack the day. And I sit down and I'm like ready to get everything cranked out. And I really think if you are looking for one little hack to get more motivated in your life in general, waking up early. You don't even have to have a routine, but waking up early and getting right out of bed 
is the best thing you can do for yourself. I agree. And this is so, so hard, at least for me, because I am not a morning person at all. It is physically painful for me to wake up in most mm-hmm. mornings. Yeah. I'd say nine out of 10 mornings, I'm like, oh, my eyes hurt so bad. It doesn't matter how many hours of sleep I've gotten. Yeah. I've gotten nine hours. That's Nick. My it, eyes, I mean, my eyes. Like, <laughs> okay. I mean, I really think I need eight hours of sleep. Mm-hmm. Once I'm awake, I'm awake and I'm good. But just that act of actually getting up takes so much willpower for me. Yeah. So if you're like me, I feel you. But we also wanted to talk about the fact that Chelsea and I have been trying to not touch our phones for the first 30 minutes of our day. Sometimes I do the first hour, but that yeah. that hasn't happened every morning. But this is life-changing. Crucial. Crucial, you guys. To have a habit of waking up to your blue phone light and then being on it for the first 45 minutes of your day. And we know the first thing you click on is Instagram. Yeah. We know the first thing you're doing is checking your social media, checking your email. Checking your notifications. You guys. Terrible. Terrible for your health. Terrible for your mental health. So Mel Robbins really fast actually talks about this in that talk too. She says we do this because our brains give us this little reward release in our brain. And it's like gambling. It's like why people do slot machines. They know they're not going to get something awesome every time, but they just keep doing it because they know at some point they're going to see something awesome. So she's saying you check your emails all the time, knowing that it's probably not going to be something amazing. But every once in a while, you get a good one. So you keep checking for that little reward. And you keep checking Instagram for that little reward, for that DM that you get or for that you know, like or comment or something that you get. And that's why when you wake up, it's not good to just succumb to your addiction, basically. No, and it also puts your mind, your mind is immediately distracted. Mm -hmm. You're no longer, like you ruin that beginning subconscious, like beautiful state of mind that you are in the morning, that you have in the morning. You ruin that immediately when you check your phone and you're just, your brain's going a mile a minute. And maybe it's different for people if they don't work from their phones you know, as much. Yeah. But for me, I'm like, that yeah. is detrimental for me. Like the first thing I do is get up and see all my notifications, all my deadlines for the day, all these yeah. emails of people saying, oh, this is urgent. Do this. Okay. That could have waited at least 30 minutes, mm-hmm. you know, until after I've done my little mini morning routine and have a better hold on my day and I'm more awake. Yeah. Don't like that is seriously, that's my number one hack for you guys. Yeah. It really does hand in hand with Chelsea's. Yeah, I think it's because in the morning, your brain just had sleep and your your whole body was just repaired. And it's just fresh, blank white sheet of paper. And if you wake up and look at your phone or you wake up and just lay in bed for 30 minutes thinking about like what you don't want to do that day, you're just messing. You're just like literally scribbling all over that page. When you could be like, I don't know what else you would do with the page. Honestly, that was a terrible you could be analogy. Art. <laughs> you could be writing in cursive. <laughs> I don't know. That was a terrible analogy. Yeah. No, um, but but your your brain really is like so fresh. And in the it usually takes me about well, with the walk, it's like an hour and a half. But the first part of it, it's about a half an hour, 40 minutes. And my I'm so relaxed. Of your routine. You yeah, mean? my yeah. morning routine. It's so relaxing because your mind isn't constantly polluted by the day and by all the thoughts that you've, the chatter that's come in your mind, things that aren't even your own thoughts. Like just literally, I feel like your brain just gets polluted all day and at night it like cleanses it. So you don't want to wake up and just instantly like pollute it again. Dump 
crap on it again. We know this podcast episode has been all about motivation and getting things done, but we are very aware that there are some things that you can't do all on your own. If there is something in your life that is preventing you from achieving your goals or interfering with your happiness, BetterHelp Online Counseling is here for you. This is really amazing, you guys. BetterHelp allows you to connect with a professional counselor in a safe and private online environment. You can get help on your time and at your convenience, and you can schedule secure video or phone sessions plus chat and text with your therapist. You talk to licensed professional counselors who are specialized in areas ranging from depression, anxiety, relationships, sleeping, self-esteem, LGBT matters, family conflicts, and grief. They have 3,000 U.S. licensed therapists across all 50 states, and it's also available worldwide. You can choose to communicate in four different ways. If you're like me, you're more of a phone call person, or if you're like JC over here, you prefer texting. Yeah, do not call me unless you have an appointment. Thank you. (laughs) What you share and talk about is completely confidential, and if you are not happy with your counselor for any reason, you can request a new one for no additional charge anytime. You can access BetterHelp on your iPhone, desktop, or Android, and you can start communicating in under 24 hours. That is very speedy. And from there, you can schedule weekly sessions or more if you need them. Something super cool about BetterHelp is that there is financial aid available if you qualify. BetterHelp is secure, convenient, professional, and affordable. That ticks all my boxes. Please note, broad expertise may not be available locally in some areas. BetterHelp is not a crisis line. What we said, listeners, you guys get 10% off your first month with discount code What We Said. Why not start getting help today? Go to betterhelp.com slash what we said, fill out a questionnaire to help them assess your needs and get matched with a counselor you will love. That is betterhelp.com slash what we said. That leads me to my next point, which is my next thing that helps keep me motivated is to spend less time on social media. So I know that's kind of a generic dumb one, but I will say I was reading this article about discipline and it was saying one of the key things to do to improve your self-discipline is to know your limits, to know yourself, to know – I think just know yourself. And for me, I am aware of the fact that social media affects me a lot. So for some people, it might not be that much of an issue. Like they could be – I mean, I don't think anyone needs to spend all day on social media. I don't necessarily think it's going to be helpful, but – For me specifically, I know that the more time I spend on social media mindlessly doing stuff, the less happy I am Mm -hmm. because that's just what has proven to be true for the past few years of my life. So because of that, I know myself well enough to know that it's going to put a damper on my day if I'm on Instagram all day. And I'm aware that that's my own fault. But because I know that about myself at this point in life, I just don't go on social media as much. I try and – read instead if I'm okay we were just talking about this like when people say they're bored I literally don't think I've ever said that phrase my whole life yeah no joke like I try and picture you know people who are always saying like I'm just bored yeah no I I used to say that when we first got married and Nick was doing summer sales and I would just like be home doing who knows what and I would call Nick I'm like I'm just kind of bored and he'd be like bored is not a thing. No, that's 
See, this like, is when oh. me and Nick connect. I know. I don't, I'm like, that's not like, when people say they're bored, I'm just so confused. Because I'm like, what do yeah. you mean? There's a million things you could be doing. Yeah. And There's not me, enough time in the day. No. I wish I could clone 10 of me yeah. to do all the stuff I want to do. And and maybe that is because I'm just like kind of go, go, go by nature, whatever. Yeah. But I, if I am quote unquote bored, if I have extra time, I don't want to spend it mindlessly scrolling and dampening my day. I'd rather read a book that mm-hmm. I find inspiring or go to the gym or hang out with Leif. And so that's something that I'm not perfect at by any means and I still catch myself doing it all the time. Me mm-hmm. and Chelsea always make jokes about it when we're together. We'll just be like… Literally five seconds after we're done with something, probably after we record an episode, it's like we instantly are on Instagram. We're like, why do what? we need to be stimulated 24-7? Yeah. Like why are we on this… Yeah. Anyway, so I'm not perfect at it. It's something that I'm working up, but it's knowing yourself, knowing mm-hmm. your triggers, knowing the things that are going to honestly sabotage your day. Don't yeah. do them. So that's something that I'm starting to work on more and more. And I another agree with thing, that. another thing that has been very crucial for me as far as staying motivated and on track is to have a physical list, a to-do list, a list of goals. I would die without a list. I'm not joking. It's so weird because I am not a super organized person um, naturally, but in the past year, the past few years, I've been forced to become more organized than I was in the past. And I use this app on my phone called Swipes. Love it. Love it. And it's it's the simplest app ever. Yeah. You literally just put in your to-do or whatever list you want and then you swipe to the right when you're finished with the task and it disappears basically or it goes into like a new section of completed tasks but it's off the list. It is the best app. It's so satisfying. It's a free app so if you're interested in getting it it's just called Swipes on the App Store but I use that all the time every day. I was about to pull up my list but my phone's dead. And that has been really, really nice for me. I'll I'll just put a list of things that I need to do that day. And then I just start swiping. Whenever I do it, I just start swiping. Mm-hmm. And I actually heard this on that podcast as well that we, we've referenced a few times. And he was saying that – I think he actually referenced someone else for this. But he was saying that he learned to kind of work backwards. So instead of being like, I need to do these 25 things today. I believe he was saying that he makes three personal goals and three professional goals every single day. And that's kind of the end goal. And then he can kind of break it down into simpler steps. I don't know if I'm saying that that. correctly. I I don't want to quote him on it if that's not what he said. But something like that where he's like, okay, what would I be super happy if I got done today? Let's think of the end goal first and then let's break it down into the things that I need to do. And then if I accomplish all of those, perfect. Great. Like, great. Yeah, that was one of mine is… This is a common theme on our podcast, but it's for a good reason because it's so important is breaking things down into small steps. And uh, while he was talking about that, he said, don't be on the bottom of the staircase looking at the very top of the staircase thinking, I want to be up there. It's like you have to think about each step in between and be like, okay, I need to get to that step. I need to get to that step. I need to get to that step. It's like it's good to know what's at the top and it's always good to visualize like where do I want to be in 10 years? Like that is such a that exercise alone, I guess, is another one of my tips is to visualize your future and to – but in a way where it's not an expectation, in a way where you, it's like you you don't attach any emotion to it. It's not like my, I will not be happy if I'm not – if I don't reach this specific dream. But the more specific you are about like in 10 years, this is what my bank account is going to look like. This is what my 
This is where I'm going to live. This is who I'm going to be around. This is what I'm going to do in the morning. This is the kind of person I'm going to be. This is what I'm going to like. These are the hobbies I'm going to have. These are the habits I'm going to have. If you break it down like that and then you break that down into steps to get there, it is so motivating to think that is what my life could be instead of just like eh, eh, mindlessly like just going about. Dreaming about it and yeah, not it's taking like, the steps. And that that's not necessarily not living. Sorry, that's a double negative, but not living in the present because I fully believe that you can have goals and still live in the present. It, it's just all about the emotional attachment that you put on those expectations and just turn them into intentions instead because that has no – like your happiness is not dependent on it. It's just like, this is what I want and this is what I'm going to go for and these are the steps I'm going to take. And then you, all along the way, you fall in love with the journey of it. And it's not even necessarily about the destination anymore. It's just all of a sudden you are a motivated person and it becomes a cycle. The reason you see these people who are in great shape, who have successful businesses, who have like happy families. I mean, a lot of times there's stuff that goes on behind the scenes. But the reason they're like that is because it's a cycle. It's like the more successful you are, like we're saying, the more healthy you are, the more that you get done, the more that you're going to want to get that stuff done. So when you're in a rut and you feel like nothing's going on, you want to somehow hop into that cycle, but it takes a while to get there. Yeah. You and have it, to take the steps one day at a time. Yeah. And that's not a destination either. That like, oh, you're successful. Like everyone's always constantly moving and they're constantly on the journey of their life. But you need to get going no matter what it is and you'll your cycle will come, I guess. Totally. I don't know if that made sense, but whatever. Another thing is to give yourself grace, I think. To give yourself mm-hmm. – I mean, I think self-discipline is extremely important and you need to be hard on yourself sometimes. But don't be too hard on yourself because something else that you can do on the other side of the spectrum that's not good is beat yourself up mm-hmm. so that you have no motivation because – you know, when you you set a goal and then you don't reach it and then you're just like, oh, at least for me, I think I'm yeah. really hard on myself. So I'll be like, oh, I didn't do that and this and that and I'll make up all these things in my head and then I'm not motivated because I'm just like, I'm the worst person. I'm so dumb. It's like, okay, let's acknowledge the fact that we didn't do what we wanted to do and make a plan to fix it, fix it mm-hmm. instead of beating yourself up because it's just not – it's not – what's the word I'm looking for? It's not helpful. Yeah. It doesn't help you all to beat yourself up. Like what I'm saying is for – okay, let's say for someone who has let themselves go a little bit and is 30 pounds overweight. Let's say that. And they're just like, oh, I just want to lose this weight so bad, but I'm just whatever. And then they start going to the gym and they go to the gym for like a week straight. And then they have a bad day and they eat like crap and whatever. And then they just beat themselves up and they're like, I knew I couldn't do it. I'm just not going to go. This is, yeah. you know what I mean? Instead oh, of yeah. having that mindset, let's be like, okay, that was a mistake. Like, I don't love that I did that, but I can change and I want to be better. And tomorrow's a new day and I'm mm-hmm. going to, I'm going to do that tomorrow. Beating yourself up can really hinder your progress. Yeah. Well, I talk about this in a, a lot in my book, uh, my ebook, because I talk about my eating disorder and that is literally the main thing. Like you literally just described my life. It was like I worked so hard and I felt like I'm just – I would get so mad about things that were wasted, quote unquote. Like I wasted time. I wasted energy because I binged on this food. And I just went to the gym and I ran on the treadmill for all this. I burned this amount of calories and then I just ate it. Like I, I just ate that same amount of calories so I just wasted all this time. 
beat myself up. And then it's just this continuous vicious cycle of disordered eating or any kind of like abuse or self-sabotage. And self-sabotage is basically punishing yourself. So we also said this in Kelsey's podcast, but I truly, truly had to learn forgiveness. And I had to find a balance where I've had times in my life where I've eaten whatever I wanted, never worked out, felt miserable, like beat myself up all the time, never did anything to change it. And I've also been on the opposite spectrum when I did the most. And I was excessive and restrictive and I was miserable. And you have to find a middle ground because you have to forgive yourself and you have to have discipline, but you have to think of discipline as nourishment and not as punishment. Like, don't be like, you don't deserve this. You don't deserve that cookie. You don't deserve to eat that dessert. It's more of, I deserve to treat myself well. I deserve to feel happy. I deserve to feel healthy. I deserve to love my body. And I deserve to choose the right things for me. Like, I... Are we both teary-eyed? Yeah. (laughs) And I think that's something that not everyone struggles with because I think that has has a lot to do with people who have very not OCD, but tendencies like that, like very perfectionist tendencies and whatever. Yeah, it's it's a dangerous line, but I think, like you said, learning from your mistakes and forgiving yourself, you are way more likely to succeed the next time if you are encouraging and not diminishing. You've literally been like an author this whole podcast. I'm just like (laughs) so many prepared for it. That's (laughs) why. (laughs) So good. One last little tip that I have is to be vulnerable. That in itself is empowering and motivating. If you're vulnerable with people around you and if you're open, then you will have more courage. Like it, it just comes hand in hand. And it sounds cheesy. It really does. But even from this podcast, I feel like one of the main reasons that we're so motivated about it is because we're both so vulnerable on here. And and it's almost just freeing to know like, well, everyone already knows everything. Yeah. And no secrets. you connect the amount of connection that we have with people because we share all of the – you guys hear – we even say this like if we don't know a freaking word, we'll say like I don't know what that word means like – and people can think whatever they want about that. But that's just who we are. Like, we're not going to pretend like we are have doctorates. Right. We don't. We're, just we're smart, girls. Though. <laughs> you guys should see our ACT scores. <laughs> so don't be leaving any reviews on here. And I think there's something empowering about that for sure. Just so just be yourself. vulnerable and you'll be way more courageous and you'll get stuff done. Right. Mm. <laughs> A nervous tick. <laughs> Chelsea's like… I'm literally spinning this chair. Spinning a chair at the speed of light. Like, (laughs) it's a desk so hard. Okay, I wanted to end with the quote. Actually, again, not sure if this is a quote, but I heard this before. And Chelsea kind of shared something similar, but doing hard things makes your life easier and always doing easy things makes your life harder. And that's not an exact quote I got from anywhere. It's just basically a concept that that I like. And... Basically, what that means is that, I mean, the easy thing to do is to not put yourself out there. Mm -hmm. It's to not ever risk failure. It's to be lazy. It's to procrastinate. That's what's easy. And if you do those things constantly, you'll find that your life will become a lot harder than it needs to be. I have felt this firsthand. I 
am horrible at doing things on time. I'm very talented procrastinator. Um, <laughs> it's something that I'm constantly having to work on, but that has genuinely been one of my greatest struggles in life is being very unorganized, very just procrastinating. And I know that that issue runs deeper than I even know, but I don't consider myself a lazy person at all, but I do. It's hard. It's like this mental block where it's so hard for me to get things done when I think of them, which is the best thing to do is like right when you think something, okay, I'm going to get it done. I just get really distracted and I end up procrastinating. And um, it's true. When I've been in that rut, in that cycle, my life is such a mess. It is so hard. I can't keep up with my business. I'm having people email me unhappy like, okay, why didn't you get this done? I feel like crap. I am emotional. I'm trying to, I'm just drowning, drowning in stress. So I firsthand know that that's true. And on the contrary, if you are doing the hard things, you're not procrastinating. You're getting things done when you first think of them. You're putting yourself out there, whatever, your life becomes easier. Mm -hmm. I mean, it it comes with new challenges. And of course, you know, it's kind of like the more money, more problems thing. Like you're going to always encounter more problems, the more success you see or whatever, but also your life will run a lot smoother if you can do those hard things. And if you put yourself out there. So I wanted to end with that. I love that. I think, I think I shared this on a, that's what they said segment a while ago. Cause my brother shared that quote with me and he said, I mean, it's a little, he said it in a different way. He said, if you do comfortable things, you'll have an uncomfortable life. And you, if you do uncomfortable things, you will have a comfortable life. Yeah. And I think comfort and like ease are kind of the same thing with this because back to the instincts of you want to stay in your comfort zone and also like suffering and you're comfortable being lazy because that's what you know. You're comfortable being unhealthy. You're comfortable making the decisions you've always made because you know you're safe there. You've never been out of that. So you don't know what's out there. You're fearful of that. And you don't know your, – your mind tricks you into thinking, well, we don't know. That's undiscovered territory. We can't go there. But if you do uncomfortable things and get yourself out of that comfort zone, you will find that there's so much beauty in the world that you were so scared of. All right. Well, we're going to close things up. Thank you for listening, you guys. As always, if you would like to subscribe to our podcast, then you will get notified every time we come out with a new episode. Um, Even if you follow us on Instagram, I would suggest subscribing because you'll be notified before we even post about our new episode and you'll know all the deets. So um, if you want to be extra nice, you can leave a review Um, a rating. It's really helpful for us in the podcast and we appreciate you guys so much that have done that so far. So many of you guys have done it. Yeah, it's insane and so nice. It's so, so nice of you guys. It's so thoughtful. Mm -hmm. So thank you guys. But again, our Instagram is at what we said podcast. If you guys want to come join the fam and the boys, the boys, we decided we're going to do the opposite of what James Charles does and call you guys boys because we know you're pretty much all girls. Shout out to the boys that listen, though. Yes, actually, shout out to you. My brother. <laughs> My brother and Tyson. <laughs> actually, I don't think he's been listening lately. Awesome, We'll Ty. see if he texts me. Yeah, then this I'll is know. a test. 
I like to leave little things like that to see who's listening. Like yeah, I little say hints. something about them. And then if they don't text me, I'm like, huh, not very supportive, huh? <laughs> Bye. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you guys for listening. We love you so much. And that's, that's what, what we said. said. Goodbye.